Hello again, everyone, and welcome to What We Make, a Terminator podcast. I'm Will. I'm Alika. I'm Matt. I wasn't sure what order we were supposed to do that. Yeah, so we're a bunch of... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different podcast. Um, yeah, we are joined today by our special guest, Robin. Hello. Probably heard of Robin on every podcast in existence and some that don't exist yet. Time travel, everything. <laughs> like this episode. Yay. Uh, not every podcast yet. <laughs> yet. Not yet. Yet. He hasn't experienced total podcast domination yet. But it's coming. Yeah. Be ready for it. One <laughs> at a time. <laughs> <laughs> well, today, folks, we finally get to the series Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. I probably won't say the full name every time. TSCC. <laughs> Yeah, TSCC, that's good enough. Today we're going to discuss the pilot, first episode called Pilot. You know, I kind of have respect for shows that don't call their first episode Pilot, but, you know. So you have no respect for this show at all? No, <laughs> Just no, no, right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, they lost some points right off the oh. bat with this one, but <laughs> it's fine. They make up for it later. So just a little info about the Sarah Connor Chronicles producer, well, he's producer on the pilot, and I think he was a consulting producer throughout the show. Uh, Josh, wait, maybe that's not his name. His last name's Middleton, and I lost his first name. But yeah, he wanted to you know, see more Terminator, so he pitched an idea to Fox, and they had an idea in mind. Or they had a writer in mind who's Josh Friedman, and he served as showrunner for the entire series. I know right now, well, he in the past, he did War of the Worlds, and right now he's working on the two Avatar sequels. Mm. I don't know if <laughs> it's a good or a bad thing. I remember I used to follow Josh Friedman, and he tweeted one time that he never liked the title. He just kind of inherited that. And I know he's not the only one who didn't like the title. It's kind of a mouthful. Yeah, <laughs> cumbersome. And he said the series was going to have fewer action sequences because it you know, has this TV show, has a smaller budget. Well, that's good because I like time to expand on characters anyways. That's what TV yeah. series are for. I guess so. It's kind of changing though, right? Like there's a lot more. Um, you think? I don't know. They're able to do more on a TV budget, I think. I know, but I don't think that necessarily means more action in our TV shows lately. Mm-hmm. They're still just as drama and character driven as they have been in the last few years. I don't know. E- yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, so some of them, some of them actually err on the side of like doing too much action and not enough care, enough character building, in my estimation. But mm. I think you're right. I guess it depends on the show you're watching. Mm-hmm. See, the director of the pilot was David Nutter, and he had a streak going. I think at the time of the show, maybe he was. 11 for 11 or 12 for 12 where the pilots he directed got picked up for uh, to series and they talk about it on the commentary for this episode the streak was still intact but I know it's been broken since then but some of the pilots he's directed are Smallville, Millennium Dark Angel, Roswell Space Above and Beyond Arrow, The Flash, Supernatural Oh wow I'm going to hire this guy if I ever want to put a series out (laughs) Yeah to get the yes, anything sci-fi related like i um I, yeah i'd heard the name before but i didn't realize he was um he did the flash and arrow so that's really cool yeah he 
Josh Friedman said that they wanted to try to avoid the uh, Terminator of the Week plot device, so they were going to have other threats besides mm-hmm. the Terminators coming after them. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did we lose Robin? For a little bit. He oh. just had... Uh, Sorry. There, she, there, check check the notes. Oh. Yeah, oh, okay. Total baby. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> she knows. I think she's calmed down in there. Okay. I think we're good. <laughs> she was really loud, so I, I I didn't want that on your podcast. Oh. Mute button. It's a savior every time. For. <laughs> yep. <laughs> didn't have my chat window open, so I didn't notice. <laughs> I noticed that one producer, I think starting with the next episode, is a guy named John Worth. He was a producer on Briscoe County Junior. Oh. Ah. See the... It's all connected. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You know, I've never (laughs) seen that show. No. Am I missing anything? Yeah, if you like fun. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a fan of fun. It's I've not. It's one. not a huge. Not a huge like drama show. It's. It's just pure camp fun. Got it. Okay. It's well, not, maybe one day after Deadwood and yeah, all the not, other ones I've yet to watch. It's not deep at all. <laughs> cool. Director David Noder kept pushing Josh Friedman to put more emotion into the pilot. Uh, he kept saying, "It's Terminator. People have to care. People have to care." So. <laughs> That's funny. Because it's Terminator. People have to care. It's more yeah. like. <laughs> I don't the know. Pot. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, I don't know. I mean, well, I guess we'll get into it. I was going to give my opinion, but we'll get into it. Oh, David Nutter, I just got to say, he's big time um, pilot director. I know he's, he's done uh, several X-Files episodes. He did the pilot for Space Above and Beyond. Yeah. For Millennium. Did you do all this? Yep. You did all this. Yeah, I did. So. I said it for later. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> pilot for Smallville. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The yeah. pilot for this show was filmed mostly in Albuquerque, and I know um, that it was unusually cold when they filmed it. They had to like get the snow off the ground before they filmed some of the scenes. I remember the first thing you could see everybody's breath. Mm-hmm. And but after this, they filmed in the back lot of Warner Brothers Studios. The set that they used to film the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I can see how those two related. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to think. That's another show you get to watch. And, hmm, there's a lot of crossover there. There's somebody at work today complaining about how he and his wife don't like to watch the same stuff. He's like, yeah, I don't want to watch every episode of the Gilmore Girls, so I go and play my video games. And she gets mad at me for playing games all the time. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and now, now I want there to be a literal crossover. I just want to like be surprised in an episode of Gilmore Girls where, like, Lorelai, Lorelai, and what's her name? Like sitting at a coffee shop and talking, and then two Terminators bust through the wall, throw each other through the next wall, and just continue on. That would make that would make this show amazing, or that show amazing, I should say. And then they just keep having their conversation. Yeah, and then just yeah. Oh well, that happens. Yeah. (laughs) I had forgotten that Bear McCreary did the music for the show until the first scene. Aaron could definitely hear. His style in there, yeah. He did Battlestar Galactica and Eureka, and now I think he's doing The Walking Dead. Yeah, this is right after Battlestar Galactica, so those drums are still in the score. I had this score right along with Battlestar Galactica around this time, and just loved. I listened to him all the time. I was going to say this: the score was one of the things I didn't like very much about the this episode, at least. I don't know, but it's going to pan out eventually. But 
It didn't. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I like. Well, I'm wondering if you felt the same. I'm sorry, Malia. Go ahead. Oh no, I was going to ask you. Did, are you a big fan of Battlestar Galactica? Um, I couldn't get through the first season. Okay. Uh, See, I think that I have a nostalgia factor with Battlestar Galactica and Bear McCurry. I just kind of love that aesthetic, and it kind of just took me back. And I didn't even know that he was, so it kind of tells me why I liked it so much. But well, I, I think I, it's nostalgia. I love his work on Walking Dead. I really like his music on that. Mm, okay. Yeah, this is different, kind of different on The Walking Dead. I think he does Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. And so he's kind of expanded his repertoire. Yeah. He, let's see, or he began working on the score by recording metallic sounds using oil cans, well drums, chains, anvils, brake drums, garbage cans, and so forth. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to ask you, uh, Matt. Um, is what you didn't like about the score, um, how they kept on going like back to like the main Terminator theme and then bringing it into like the like emotional moments like I didn't even notice the main theme in the back actually the the music a lot of the time it reminded me more of the theme for Millennium but like a a fan a fan remix of the Millennium theme oh no yeah I can see how that works I love the Millennium theme but it just it seemed like that tune with like less instruments or something but I don't know. I'm not sure what I didn't like about it, but it just didn't seem to fit for me, and it seemed uh, maybe Bear is a little uh, inspired by Mark Snow, like it's he's a protege or something. <laughs> I don't know. I think that he, maybe he was like really like amped, like after Battlestar, and maybe the the two are like kind of, you know, I think maybe he's diversifying now. But back then, so if it was so close, that he probably was kind of like mirroring what he did, because that's probably why they hired him. I'm just speculating. Yeah, probably. Wheel the garbage cans in. I know. Yeah, that version of All on the Watchtower they do is so awesome. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I already wrote that <laughs> in my intro life. cast notebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, this episode originally aired on January 13, 2008. Wow. <laughs> Seven years. So old. So much has changed. I was still in my 20s when this episode aired. Uh, 2008 was seven years ago? Yeah. What? <laughs> so scary, you guys. Oh, it means my dog is almost seven. <laughs> um, I, I remember when this show was... I did watch this first episode when it aired. I think I might have watched the next one or two after this as well. But um, this, this show was really hyped, like... If you were on Fox at all, that's all you heard about. And it, it was yeah. one of the first shows I remember. It might, they might have had shows that did this before, but it was one of the first shows that I remember that had those intrusive ads at the bottom. Oh, yeah. At the bottom of other shows, it'd be like Terminator, yeah. Sarah Connor Chronicles coming whenever you know. On like, oh, I remember during the Super Bowl, like a Terminator <laughs> strutted out. You know. On the oh my of the gosh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terminator doing on that, that. field. <laughs> And that was Which, the promo for this? Like, I didn't even realize. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, they put so much advertising into it, and, like, for it to have failed, it, it kind of makes me worried about the quality of the show. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see, though. We'll see. Popular doesn't always mean good. Unpopular doesn't mean bad. I guess. No, it's true. It's so true. <laughs> Firefly? Oh, too soon. <laughs> oh. Speaking of Firefly, um... <laughs> So let's do the recap. Okay. 
I was kind of scared when I when I put my Blu-ray in and and it immediately started. It started playing. I was like, "What the fuck?" And then and oh, you did the same thing, didn't you? You turned, you hit the display to see how long it was, and it said two hours and twelve minutes. Yes, that was what I did. And then I tried to figure out how to just play this one episode, and I was having trouble getting to the menu where you could pick you know just one episode. Yeah, I picked one episode, and still it didn't matter. The timer didn't change. (laughs) <laughs> and then when this one finished, it went straight into episode two. Weird. So when no matter what you try, problem. no matter what you try, it plays the first two episodes as like a little movie. The first three, it'll just yeah, play it just tries to keep going. Yeah. Wow. Is every disc like that? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember it being like that from the last time I watched. I've got it on DVD, so it doesn't have that problem. <laughs> Blue That's or odd. DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> So the episode begins with a voiceover from Sarah. She's driving down this highway. We've seen this before, I think. Yep. <laughs> Sarah Connor is Lena Headey, who we know from 300 and Game of Thrones. Oh my gosh. And I was like, Cersei! And then her opening monologue, I was like, she's talking about Joffrey! <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you guys think of it? I watch Game of Thrones and I'm like, Sarah Connor! <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. I was just like, I was so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, she looks so intense. And why is she talking about Joffrey like that? Because really, she talks about her son. And, you know, like Game of Thrones watchers will know that she's all about her son. Anyway, it was it was uh it was good to see her, but her accent kind of bothered me, Looking and then I forgot else. about it. You mean how it kept slipping in there? Or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, I don't know. Like, I'm not really one who's like bothered too much by it, and I and I and after a time, I just it stopped being a problem. But at, at first, it was a little disconcerting because I could tell. Yeah. Of course, you know she that she was trying to do a different accent. I wasn't very good at catching that at all, but my wife Melanie kept kept mentioning it. She's like, "Ah, I keep hearing her accent," and I, I couldn't hear it. And one time she made me rewind it, and uh, she had a particular line when she said, "We need to talk," and she mm-hmm. said, "We need to talk." So, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> saw. Yeah, I watched an interview with her last night when the show first started, and she was saying she had like some lessons, but it was still kind of hard to do an American accent. Mm-hmm. But Josh Friedman watched her audition tape and thought she was a tough, tough woman. And she said that Terminator scared the hell out of her when she watched it as a teenager. And yeah. she said Linda Hamilton will always be the original Sarah Connor. Damn, right. Hopefully people will embrace what I bring to Sarah and see it with fresh eyes. Maybe if you didn't have black hair. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see Sarah Connor. She, she's on the run. She's on the run. No. Oh. Because they have a they have a picture of her in the in the in the mental institution and she also has black hair. That was her goth phase. <laughs> no, we saw her in the mental institution in T two and she had brown hair. This was an earlier picture. Then she washed it out. Then she all of a sudden looked like okay. she was into Hamilton again. But listen, <laughs> hey, the timeline Matt. doesn't work this way. No. <laughs> yeah, and Matt, she has a different face. I don't know if you caught that. I know. <laughs> different face. <laughs> she did. They can't they can't do anything about the face. But I mean, how? How hard would it have been to keep her hair consistent, at least? Oh, my God. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Cersei has blonde hair. Yeah, you, see, you you want that kind of wig on her? No way. It's <laughs> <laughs> a terrible wig. Yeah, a lot of people have hated the fact that she didn't look like buff Mendel Hamilton. but I, eh, I forgave her. It's hard. 
She let herself go. <laughs> she'd been she'd been wrestling with Charlie, so she's Okay, so that that's I know we haven't even gotten there yet. But I was really like, Really, really, Sarah? <laughs> you know, you're on the run and you decide to get engaged to a guy within six months, like really that didn't like at any point just be like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't get close to this guy. No, no. Anyway. Well, she didn't get engaged. Yeah, that's why she's running, because she doesn't want to... I know, but even to get close to a guy that way, like, in six... First of all, he's crazy after six months, but, um, (laughs) you know, I mean... Uh, It's it's, Sarah Connor. I know, I'm like... Six weeks would be a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Linda Hamilton, maybe, but, you know, anyway. (laughs) I'm sorry, I love Lena Haiti, too. uh, Really? Almost as much, just because I love the show. I think my favorite thing that Lena Headey did was uh, Dread. I liked her real, like, a lot. Oh, God. Dread. She was scary in that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I remember. Uh, we skipped the whole mission. thing. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. What? We skipped the whole opening thing. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh. With her voiceover. <laughs> yeah. In the dream. There's that. Oh, yeah. I was getting oh, to yeah. the dream next. Um yeah, I forgot to mention, though, that this series is supposed to be an alternate timeline, in case you weren't thinking of it that way. So was, Terminator 3 never happened in this timeline. But t- <laughs> okay, so that was actually a question because, well, first of all, with the whole dream sequence, there were a lot of things that I was like, when I was writing down notes, I was being nitpicky about. Like the fact that, I mean, just just like various things like he, um, like they put john in a different car but he's like a minor so why would they put him in a different squad car and like just like stupid stuff and then it was a dream so i was like kind of happy that that happened but um i did have until i think you know um and they were they were all in the car with cameron or he was in the car with cameron when um she uttered that famous sign and stuff until then i wasn't sure if like where in the like, had T2 happened, had T1 happened, because they didn't refer yeah. to it. But then, like, after he obviously recognized her and then had that conversation with Sarah later on, then I was like, oh, okay, you know, he at least T2 has happened or something akin to it, right? right? Well, so. you know, at least T1's happened because John Connor's there. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, this is, I think, five years after T2 happened, or at least in the beginning in 1999. Right. Okay, so it's just T three that didn't happen. And yeah, and T four, I guess. Oh, that's <laughs> we right. Talked about that yet? So I noticed. I, <sighs> I forgot that this was a dream scene opening up. But when you see Sarah driving, I wrote down, "Sarah's so badass she doesn't even wear a seatbelt." <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, we... the little like frilly skirt she was wearing didn't fit her at all. I was like, she would never wear that. This must be a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah that, that was another thing. It's like, what are you wearing, Sarah? Um, it's her waiter outfit. That's supposed to be an homage to T One. Oh okay. Yeah. So um, yeah. So, so that's right. She did have that <laughs> weird outfit in T One. So she's doing the same job. But it was job. too short. <laughs> it was too short, and then the cop got in the back of the car with her. And I'm like, what kind of cop gets in the back, like with a suspect? Usually that does not happen. But again, it was it's a, dream, a cop so. that's uh, checking that lady out. She was uh, pretty, pretty badass in her own dream, though. That was an awesome move to knee the guy in the notes yeah. after enticing him like that. <laughs> it was a pretty. Oh, that was like the way she did that. Can you just fix that for me? I'm surprised <laughs> she didn't bite off his ear. 
Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was. Yeah, the voiceover she's talking about sharing the child sharing the mother's dream, and she gets to the school and tells John now. And John Connor is played by Mr. Thomas Decker, who was the cheerleader's friend yes. of the heroes. I, I said, hey, it's Claire's friend. So where does yeah, this, yeah. where was this um, in the whole chronology of it? Uh, he left Heroes to do this show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so that's what this, happened to him. Yeah, he was on this <laughs> secret circle. I think I watched that show to like the midpoint and then gave up on it. Yeah, um, I unfortunately watched everything. yeah so Decker was cast after Lahiti was and he was saying that he said that Terminator films were his favorite films and it's very ironic that he was getting to do this and he for the younger generation John is equally important to me as Sarah was so he knows a lot of people really really care about John so he thinks his character is a continuation of Edward Furlong's character, but he's in a darker, more mature place now. He grew out of the Bart Simpson phase. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, were we really attached to John? <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't really attached to John. Not in T2, but I, I do enjoy him in this, at least. From yeah, no. I mean, like, from what he said in the interviews, like, that we know that we care about John. And I'm like, actually, it's yours. You can do with it what you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm willing to go with you on that. Yeah, and, and it's it's funny how like they're ignoring T3, but they cast an actor who looks like he could be a younger Nick Stahl. Mm-hmm. To me. <laughs> so they get outside the school, and a boatload of cops are waiting. They <laughs> got there fast, and they put John and Sarah in different cars. And then Sarah sees a guy coming toward them, and like she knows what she is. And then, oh, she hears the barks. She hears the barking. <laughs> She, yeah, that creepo cop gets in the back with and starts looking at her area, her, her leg area. Her area? <laughs> her original <laughs> area. He looks at her area. <laughs> wow, that sounds really bad. Times <laughs> with, And yeah, the Terminator starts shooting up everybody, and Sarah gets free and free. John and tells him to run. Terminator just ignores her when she's shooting him, and she shoots John. He shoots John in the back, and Sarah runs over there and, and that's tells why the Terminator it's called the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Not the Chronicles. <laughs> I wouldn't be if that was the end of the series. John Connor dies. That's it. <laughs> I, was, I was like, well, that was quick. It. Yeah, or just spin it and be like, in this timeline, John dies, and Sarah's got to somehow lead the resistance. It was a uh, well, very. Is- oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it's not called the John Connor Chronicles, so, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, I liked how this scene was done, though. The, yeah. the uh, the It was very Kyle Reese being turned over to the, the the reveal of the dead John Connor was the pretty much the same as the Kyle Reese from T1. He was even wearing similar clothes. Oh, cool. Well, so I, I had a question. You know, actually, when she first got put it back into the back of the... Um, into the back of the the cat the police car. I when she looked up for a second and the music got all weird. I seriously thought she was a robot because I was like, that would be <laughs> such a twist if this whole thing was like you know alternate reality and Sarah Connor was like a T something or the other. Um, but no, she was just looking to see another like some guy walking towards them. What do you guys think of the look of this Dream Terminator? Dream I didn't like him. Terminator. Yeah. Do you like him better than the guy in the actual episode? 
I didn't. I just no. only because of his voice when he started talking. He just seemed kind of like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> like, Talk too much, I think. <laughs> yeah. He didn't seem I, scary enough. I like the look of this guy better than the guy in the, in the rest of the show. Uh, this guy looked like a buff Robert Patrick. <laughs> and the, uh, the other guy, yeah. he looked like Joaquin Phoenix like in the Gladiator, <laughs> Gladiator era a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently this guy, this Terminator guy, went to a coffee shop that Josh Friedman went to and found out that Freeman was working on the Terminator thing, so he told him, he showed him a YouTube video where he played a cyborg in a commercial. So it was like, hmm, I think I need to use this guy in the dream sequence awesome. opening. Oh, and that's he all I get. James Cameron film. He was, he was in Titanic as dancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a dancer in real life. Oh, that makes two of them in this series then. Yeah, Summer and. It makes sense. I mean, like, honestly, I could see a lot, like, in the choreography for the fights, like, when it was her and not a stunt double, I could see a lot of, like, you know, the same kind of reason um, why Joss used her um, in his series. Like, just, yeah. she, she, she can do that kind of, um, that well. Uh, I wonder that, if um, it, body awareness. I wonder if Summer and this guy had a dance-off on set. Oh, my oh, gosh, please. Maybe. <laughs> Please tell somebody videotapes it. <laughs> Got to look for those behind the scenes videos. Yeah. Freeman said that he found that dancers play Terminators really well. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. And bodybuilders. <laughs> so yeah, it was just a dream. And Sarah wakes up and tells oh, her just, boyfriend. Sorry, I had one more thing to say about this. Um, th- this whole thing is was a really good opener because I don't know, it just it, it just felt like okay, we're gonna actually kind of take this thing seriously. Like showing the murder of John, the all of a sudden this huge nuclear apocalypse where Which, all the but Oh no, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying like all the flesh gets ripped off the Terminator and you see it. But also like, you know, they, they throw this the clue of the dog barking and that gets there I mean, they're right into it beginning. And you know it's not going to be cheesy because once Sarah shoots the Terminator's glasses off, he doesn't look at her and wave, wag his finger. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what happened? Which it didn't. It, all this apocalypse and like all the the flesh burning off and all that. It didn't ruin her hair. Huh. Well, it's her dream. <laughs> yeah, I know, and that's another thing where I was just like, "This sucks," and I'm like, "Wait a minute, it's her dream. She's allowed to keep her hair, so <laughs> it was fine." <laughs> My hair is perfect in my dreams. It would have been funny if she like smiled and like pushed her hair back and like there's a little glint in her eye. She's like, "That's right, I look sexy even in my dreams." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Sarah woke her boyfriend up and she told him to go back to sleep. Charlie Dixon is Dean Winters. I first remember him from Oz. Yeah, he was on Thirty Rock and he's Rescue in a new me? show now. Was he on Rescue Me? I think he was on Rescue Me. I think that's where I, I, I know him from. That. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's I in those what, all state commercials. Is it all state or state farm? That's right, State Farm. Oh, okay, mayhem. That was what character he played. He wasn't the original guy to play this role, but the other actor didn't have chemistry with Lena. So really? Yeah. Who doesn't have chemistry with Lena? Who was the, <laughs> the other guy? Do they say? They didn't say. Oh, interesting. I don't know. It's interesting yeah, me to meet another Dixon brother. <laughs> 
slightly. <laughs> um, yeah, Charlie has an early shift. He gives up her, her ring that um, that John helped pick out, and Sarah tells him that she loves him and to always remember that, and he leaves. I w- so I, w- I want to. So- oh, go ahead. I was like, nothing can come good. Whenever somebody says, always remember that after I love yeah. you, that nothing good can come after that. Yeah. I want to like this guy, but his voice sounds so fake. Like, he sounds like he's putting on, like, a, 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 a voice. He sounds like a Solid Snake from Metal Gear. Yeah. <laughs> that's his voice. That's what he. That's his voice in, like, really? everything. It's Sarah sort of his- Connor, I love you. <laughs> 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 I, he, I think he sounds cool. Oh man! <laughs> I thought he said it okay, but after you said that, I was scared. <laughs> I've got to go to work. <laughs> I got an early shift. I love you, Sarah. <laughs> man, that weirded yeah, Sarah out getting that ring, so she's like, "We gotta get the hell out of here." <laughs> yeah, so we see the title card, and we find out that they're in West Fork, Nebraska. It's August twenty-four, nineteen ninety-nine. Didn't we? Didn't we get some? Didn't we get some sort of background music to indicate 1999? I can't remember what it was though. I don't remember. It was like a band of some kind. I know we get Incubus later, but uh, for right here we got something. I can't remember what it was. I know John had a, like a was some like Rage Against the Machines or something like that. It was Incubus. Wall or something like that. <laughs> no, he had like a poster. He had Rage Against the Machines. Yeah. Poster. Oh, you know, it, and it's very funny that that's he's got a Rage Against the Machine poster. <laughs> I don't know if it's a continuity error, but according to like Terminator 2, John would be 14 and a half at this point, but Sarah said he was 15 mm, later yeah. at some point. So it's about the same. Yeah. Hand wave, Nothing hand deal. wave. Maybe she rounded. Yeah. yeah. He looks older than that, though. Much older than that. He does. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. he's over 18 <laughs> yeah. at this point. He's like, <laughs> he's got a beard. <laughs> <laughs> She freaks him out because he finds her watching him yeah. when he wakes up. <laughs> I mean, uh, seriously, because I said, this is creepy. And then he said, Mom, stop being creepy. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she is ready to leave after they've been there for two years. He knows it's because Charlie gave her that ring. And he says, that, you know, cops aren't onto them. And I like how they bring this back because, yeah, Sarah's kind of like a criminal who escaped from an institution. and. Yeah, the cops kind of would be interested in her, and plus, I think she killed Miles Dyson. Yes, I'm glad we didn't forget about all those things she did. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I forgot about all those things she did. So I was kind of like, "Why are they after her?" And thank you, um, but then I remembered. So, <laughs> Mister Exposition, because I think that's what they call him on the commentary. That is kind of a term similar to that. Where who did the agent? Who who did the um, commentary? Uh, the commentary was Josh Freeman, David Nutter, the Middleton guy, and Summer Glau. Oh, okay. And she cool. was so adorable in the commentary. Really? I, <laughs> I love Summer. I don't think I've ever really heard too many interviews with her. I think maybe one or two, but not recently. Yeah. Summer and I are going to be roommates one day. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch. If you have a TV series, it might get canceled. I know she... <laughs> <laughs> I know you're married. Oh, engage someone you have a child but it'll it'll be fine it'll be fine yeah so they're gonna leave in half an hour oh he thinks they're safe but she says they're never safe and they're gonna leave in half an hour and i like the line <laughs> she says i'm sure they're gonna leave yeah that's my only quote <laughs> that she says next 
they're leaving and Sarah's doing another they're like 50 million voiceovers in this episode <laughs> she has another voiceover and Charlie realizes that Sarah's gone and next Charlie is talking to the police about her when special agent James Ellison arrives He's played by Richard T. Jones I really liked him yeah. um, he, especially in some of his other scenes but I really liked him what have we seen him in? I just, oh, he's in a lot of stuff, but I, I think he was in Girlfriends. I didn't write down. You couldn't do it right now. I haven't. Let's I don't see. recognize him. I mean, he looks like I might have seen him somewhere, but I don't really know. Um, I just liked him. Just I okay. There's there's a scene later where I really liked him, and it had to do with him eating. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, I was so hungry when he was eating that burger. I was like, that looks so good, and I don't even eat burgers. <laughs> Godzilla, Hawaii 5 Revolution. Revolution's where I've seen him. Super 8. Atlas Shrug, Girlfriends. Judging Amy. Hmm. Soul Plane. He was false Denzel. Oh my gosh, Soul Plane. <laughs> that brings me back. Ugh. <laughs> Not like it's in the best movie. <laughs> <laughs> so he rehashes T1 and T2 while he's questioning Charlie about Sarah and the one for the murder of Dyson. They think she killed him, I guess. <laughs> they don't know that the police opened. <laughs> like, police shot him up. So did the police lie like about what happened? Like, oh, we went in, we shot an unarmed man, and he blew up so we don't have to tell anyone <laughs> that we shot him. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much. He's kind of making fun of Sarah's story, and Charlie gets pissed off. And It's nice exposition, though. <laughs> yeah. Casey wanted to know. Casey forgot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they know her name isn't Connor. In the commentary, they say when they first shot this scene, Richard T. Jones had an allergy attack, and they had to keep stopping because his nose was bleeding. And it took them nine hours to get through this one scene. Nine hours? Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's excessive. Next, Sarah's gift gas. They're always getting gas in the mm-hmm. Terminator. <laughs> There's a lot of gas getting in, the <laughs> in in this episode itself. Yeah. They're traveling a lot, I guess. I guess that's what we're supposed to take from it. See Ellison looking up Sarah Reese, and you get some info on her. I'm thinking she should have used a different name. Doesn't yeah. don't the police know about Kyle Reese and... Yeah, it's kind of a dumb alias. Yeah. And there's some other man looking up some... The computer's pulled up some info on Sarah, and you see it's a Terminator. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah, so... So that's... So... What is up with that picture of her in this... Like, that that was a weird picture. And then um, the other thing that happened... The other thing I thought was strange was the fact that the font is very green. I mean, it's supposed to be 1999 font. I don't know. We actually skipped to September 6th, about a week later. They're in Red Valley, New Mexico. John is in class, and a girl named Cameron asking his name. Cameron, who is so did you know? Out. Did you guys know? I think it was heavily advertised that she was a Terminator. Yeah, I think the, in the advertisement, you could see that she was a robot. Yeah, you could see like part of her torso. Oh, see, I didn't see any of that, but I knew right away. First of all, it's Summer Glow. Second yeah. of all, you know, um, it just, uh, yeah, she just, 
she, yeah, it's just Summer Glau. <laughs> so I thought I was pretty smart. I was like, wow, I know she's a robot, but I guess you guys all knew anyway. So, all right. <laughs> yeah, she, her name is in homage to James Cameron. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. She hadn't seen any of the Terminator movies before she was cast, but yeah, John, Josh Friedman wanted to use her in a pilot years before, but she had already committed to doing Serenity. So he used her in this one later. And she was intimidated by this role because she thought it would be challenging to balance human and robot characteristics. I think she does a good job. She yeah, I think of... Summer Glau's all about that, though. Like, she just seems like a half-robot anyway. <laughs> I love her, like, you know, but she does seem like a half-robot, like, in real life. I think there's a lot going on in her blank expressions that she does. Yeah, She's I mean, not... after doing... Uh, after doing... Um, after doing River... Um, from Firefly, I don't think this would be much of a stretch. Well, she she's not very robotic. Like, why is she so good at emotions? <laughs> I guess we'll find out, but hopefully. It's her new programming. She was, I talked about it on the commentary. When you first see her, she's all girly, and then later on she's a bit more you know, robotic. Summer was sick the whole time they were filming this episode. She had a kidney infection. They had to fly her mom out there to be with her. No, That's serious. Like, kidney yeah. infections are not to be messed with. Cameron talks to John after class. They're talking about their parents, and she's asking too many questions. So he kind of blows her off and saying he's busy. Yeah, and I think that he was smart, uh, I don't know. I th- I thought that he was he was smart, and then I thought he was stupid later on. But we'll get to that. Because like he blows her off, which he should do, because he should be you know wary. But then he does other stuff later that is like, why are you doing this? John gets home. Sarah's painting, as he said. This is a hick town. I guess the other one wasn't. Um, it's a school has out-of-date computers, and that sets Sarah off because he's not supposed to be using computers. I guess he's been caught hacking before. <laughs> oh, no, he's a hacker. <laughs> uh, and it's like, wonder, ready for a while. wonder what he hacks. Like, if it's not ATMs, what's he, what's he hacking? <laughs> Just computer stuff, you know, hand wave, hand wave. Mm. She, he lies when she asks him if he's met any pretty girls. <laughs> Or maybe he's just not attracted to cameras. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, wouldn't she? I don't know. If I was a mom, I'd ask, did you make any friends? Yeah. They brought in one guy. This In the commentary, this is what they mentioned. They brought in a guy called Bill Rowe. He was the DP on this episode. I don't know if he was that for the entire series, but he worked on X-Files. and They brought him in to figure out how to film Terminator for TV. I thought he did a good job. What was the secret? <laughs> Yeah. He's the first name in this leading up closing credits. Hmm. Agent Ellison arrives in New Mexico. And uh, after this, Cameron sits next to John, and John tells her that his sea lied, his dad's really dead. He was a soldier killed in a mission. His mom's really uptight. <laughs> Is that what he said about his mom in T2? I think so, basically. Yeah. Or just that she's crazy. Yeah. She yeah, I think, I think now he knows she's not crazy. But this is what I had a problem with, the fact that like he was like so open with her. You know, when he... I don't know. The second I think, day. 
Yeah. I know she's somewhere loud, but still. Still. <laughs> It'll be their secret, is what she says. And Lots of people's fathers die in wars, so he wasn't super specific. Yeah, but his mom's crazy. You know, yeah. just, I, I don't know. I, I guess he needed to vent to somebody, but at the same time, I just... A little bit too much, John. A little bit too much. If I was a girl, I would kind of be turned off by that. <laughs> if you were a girl... <laughs> I am actually a robot. <laughs> now you found me out. <laughs> I'm subject. Oh, ah. Welcome back. <laughs> Sorry about that, that baby. Is- I'm going to say. Quite right. Teething and bedtime do not go together. Aww. I apologize. <laughs> Their substitute comes in. He says that Mr. Ferguson is ill today. You think he killed him? <laughs> Probably. His name is Crow Marty. I'm glad the Terminators have names in the show. <laughs> so we actually call him Termy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Crow Apparently Marty, was... we gotta go back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't like him? You didn't like the look of him, Matt? Oh, um, he did too many stupid uh, quizzical robotic side head tilts. He's like, huh? He, he, did the, he did the whole huh? thing way too many times. He's acting too much like T2. He was acting too much like uh, like when, when you tell anybody on the street to act like a robot, that's what he acts like. He didn't do the robot, let's be fair. No. <laughs> he did not dance like a robot. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Yeah, they could have gotten one of those robot street performers to play a term. That's what I was thinking when you said, when you asked someone to do the robot. Why is our our teacher completely painted uh, silver? (laughs) Why is he standing on, like, a a brown box? That's so weird. Uh, He was in the middle with this guy, Owen Yeoman. He's a Welsh guy. I think I vaguely remember him from two or three episodes of Turn that I watched on AMC. You mean turn Washington spies? Washington spies. <laughs> really? I want to give that show another chance. Uh, I do remember that... him from The Mentalist, only because my wife watched The Mentalist, and I was like, "Where do I? Where do I know this guy from?" And, yep, The Mentalist. I haven't seen that show. I mean, I think I've seen a few episodes. It's one I keep meaning to watch, but just never got around to it. Mm-hmm. He's got weird hair. Kind of freaks me out. I thought this was pretty cool. He's taking attendance and he's getting a gun out of his leg while he's doing this. <laughs> Why did he do this? Yeah, so the students could see the robotic leg. That's probably why. He, <laughs> was, well, he couldn't carry it into the school, maybe, because I don't know. Metal detectors? His whole body is metal. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe that flesh does a really good job of hiding the metal. Yeah, it's, kind of special. it's weird because it wasn't like any kind of futuristic gun. Because if it was a futuristic gun, then he'd have to carry it within within his flesh, right? Yeah. So That's what I was going to say. That would be a good reason to keep a gun in yeah. your life, was if it, if it came <laughs> in the future. Because then you could time travel back with it. But, <laughs> it didn't look special to me. No, it was just a regular pistol. <laughs> it just has to you know, harm near humans. So, yeah, you're right. There's no special gun. <laughs> Usually keeps his weed in there. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Just 
cut open your leg. This is how to do your. Oh man, would weed would weed survive a a trip through time with these rules? I don't know. If it wasn't encased in flesh. (laughs) Man, if if I went through time to travel, I I better be on something. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) I'd carry it in my lungs. If I lost my weed, I'd be so pissed. <laughs> I lost my weed years ago, so it's called becoming a dad. Oh, pshaw! Oh yeah, seriously, um, pshaw, Robin. <laughs> yeah, when he finds out who John is, he starts shooting up the place with his gun. Cameron steps in front of him and takes several bullets for him. She goes down and. John did this amazing jump through a window. I wonder if he's had to practice that with Sarah. Sarah made him practice jumping through a window. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do this oh. every day until you get it right. Mom, we have to replace the window every time. It hurts. Live bullets this time, John. Live bullets. <laughs> Suck it up. Walk it off. Yeah, when Crow Marty's following him, the students see his leg, and he dismisses class and goes out to pursue John. <laughs> So Sarah sees a news report about a shooting at John's school and gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> she, just, she just completely drops, just drops the plates. Yeah. It actually like, made me think, I was like, if I was in that situation, would I put the plates on the table? Or would I, I just really that same just drop? Thing. <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad. Cause, uh. No, because I really was. I was just like, I think that I would actually put them down because it just is, I might cut myself. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I think I would have just put them down. <laughs> Yeah, but and if, she had to be dramatic. Uh. Yeah, and if there was no actual emergency, you wouldn't be able to come back to your job. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I like how she, I like how she's still a waitress after all this time. <laughs> when uh, he when uh, Ellis pulls up her documentation there, like I paused it so I could read it all, and they they mention that she has a puncture wound through her shoulder uh, entry uh. and exit wound. From oh, the cool. Two- from the T-1000 stabbing her. And for occupation, it did say waitress. <laughs> nice. That's so sad. Yeah. It's an easy job to get wherever you want to go, I guess. And you waitresses everywhere. By the way, the man's like... name is Ellison. Oh, Ellison. Ellis. All right. You know, but the, even with, with waitresses, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think they check. <laughs> I think they check, they check references. I'm just saying, like... Maybe this wasn't a very good establishment, but... Oh, back in 99, you know, it was the Wild West. Oh, that's West. right. It was a lot easier. <laughs> this, is pre, this is pre-9-11, so they didn't check anything. Unless they're that's true. Oh, I don't care. Back in the day. So when John's about to get shot by Crow Marty, a truck hits him, and it's Cameron driving, and she says, come with me if you want to live. Yeah. I don't know. I, the line delivery in this was like, I just expected it something a little bit more ominous. I guess she did okay. I think she, I would have laughed if she tried to mimic Arnold's, but <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it was fine. It's the line that convinces them that this is okay. This is an okay Terminator. Yeah, they debated whether or not to put the line in, but they figured she had to say it because John would recognize it. And I agree. Probably future John programmed her to say that. Maybe or told her to say that. That's what I figured. I figured that that was like the safety word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> safe word. Yeah. Safe word. It's okay. So I found it odd that when she got shot by Cromarty with three measly pistol shots, she stayed down and just laid there. She like endangered 
the human race for dramatic tension. <laughs> she probably hit some vital system or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, you guys, are, you guys already talked about why she's named Cameron, right? <laughs> Right, yeah. I wrote in my notes, I was like, is there going to be a Terminator called Mostow? I'm really doubting it. Yeah, that's so <laughs> I don't get that reference. The last Terminator 3 director is Jonathan Mostow. Oh, okay. That's the one I wasn't on. <laughs> and I tried to pretend it wasn't there. I got really bored, you guys. That's why I only feedback. <laughs> <laughs> I may not have watched the entire thing, I'm just saying. <laughs> You're not the only one. All right. Sarah's watching the school and Cromartie grabs her and throws her once again <laughs> throws somebody and she's about to kill herself once she realizes he doesn't know where John is but he stops her so he can use her against him and this is when she gets a call from John Cromartie puts on a Sarah voice to find out where John and Cameron are going to the house and something Cromartie said tipped John off Oh. I would think that, you know, I would, what I was hoping was the fact that they had a sort of a, um, like a code or whatever, like the way they would end each, like a certain, their call, they would end it a certain way. This is what I was hoping. And that would like tip them off that, you know, it was her or wasn't yeah. her just cause, I was yeah. Cause I was just thinking like after all this time, you know, surely they, that's what something they would have done or they figured out. So anyway, this Terminator, this Terminator made a, uh, the same mistake the previous Terminators did. He said, I love you, John. I love you, yeah. And uh, neither Sarah or his foster mother are known for saying I love you. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, what the hell? Oh, so that was a tip-off? Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, but I think that they should have they should have had, like, you know, a safe word. There we go again. Yeah. Marty arrives at this house with Sarah and dumps her and Right after that, John arrives in a hoodie. He's shot by Cromartie, but it's not John. It's Cameron doing her John impersonation. And they proceed to have a really badass fight. <laughs> My Classic point. Terminator fight. Like, they just grab each other and throw each other through walls. <laughs> what? Yeah, but I'm pretty sure, they both, yeah, seriously. pretty sure they both did the robo-head tilty quirk thing. Yeah, I know Cameron did it. I don't remember Cromartie doing it. <laughs> I just... I thought it was funny, like, he's, like, she's, <laughs> he's banging on her so much, like, he's just punching her face, like, over and over again, <laughs> and, like, you know, John and Sarah having a conversation in the background, I'm, like, surely after some point, you're, like, you know what, this, like, punching on her is great and everything, but I need to catch these people, what's, like, mission number one? It was just really funny to me. <laughs> Sarah's shooting at him, and it's not really doing any good. She's not doing good <laughs> one-arms. Yeah. Oh, that's the way you gotta do it. Or sideways. <laughs> you also need to do just sideways, you know. That works. When she ducked behind the chair, I wrote, that chair wouldn't stop those bullets, but later on I had to cross that in. <laughs> <laughs> they covered that base. And she tells Johnny, stupid, just like in T2, we should have run. And Cameron gets the upper hand in the fight and jolts him, Cromarty, with enough electricity to make a reboot. Did you guys think he was gone, like when she did that to him, or did you think he was going to come back? I don't. I, remember, <laughs> I don't remember. I'm pretty sure I thought he was gone. I mean, even the rewatch, I was like, "Oh, okay, this is where he's disposed of." But that I, I completely forgot where this pilot goes. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he was gone. I was. I liked the whole reboot thing. Matt, did you think that he was gone, or did you? 
that uh, which character was gone? Sorry, Cromarty. Uh, you mean when they when she zapped him? Yeah. Mm, I don't think so. Because didn't yeah we saw the Terminator in part two take more uh, punishment than that. So okay. Yeah, I, I didn't think he was gone that easy. Because I was just kind of thinking like maybe he's gone and every episode we'll get a new Terminator. That would have been yeah. interesting, but anyway. That that would there'd be too many Terminators. It, it would, I don't know. You're <laughs> How, can you have too many Terminators? I don't know. Yeah, I mean you can. Kind like, of seems to keep sending them once a week. Yeah, <laughs> it's just overkill and it gets ridiculous and silly. Why not send more than one, twice a week? Cameron catches up with John and Sarah in their truck and. She starts to do some car exposition, but Sarah says, not now. <laughs> we don't get that scene. We're so used to the driving exposition. Yeah, that's true. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Cromarty wakes back up, and the heroes have stopped, and Cameron's fixing herself up, topless. <laughs> don't steal my quote. <laughs> apparently, the, yeah, well... Apparently it was so cold out there they had to have heaters on every inch of summer while they were filming this scene. No comment. <laughs> and yeah, Sarah just sort of put some clothes on and they need to keep moving and head to Mexico and we found out that she's from twenty twenty seven and she's been looking for them for seventy three days. Skynet went online April nineteen, twenty eleven, and there was a nuclear apocalypse two days later. <laughs> So this is where I was like, well, I guess we know how this turned out, because we're all still living. <laughs> yeah. Someone else built Skynet after Dyson died, and they don't know who. And Charlie went to the police. They should have changed their aliases, but they would have been found out anyway, because they're always found. Wah, wah. <laughs> no fate, but what you make. Except that's not true. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's the police are looking through Sarah and John's house. Yeah, I made a note about the burger here. <laughs> Most of the students saw a, a shooter with some kind of robot leg. Crew Marty's repairing himself somewhere. I just love that the FBI agent is like, he's just like so over this. He's like, yep, this is what they always do. This is what she always does. I'm just going to sit here and eat my burger and pretend like it didn't happen. And then I'm going to go investigate, and I probably won't get her, but you know what? That's how it goes. Not going to interrupt my meal. Like, he was so just chill. <laughs> I think the uh, the new movie, from what I read, there's a character who's supposed to be similar to this. Somebody who's been following Sarah Connor, like, for, for most of his career. <laughs> and he's probably in love with her. Yeah. that's how it happens you know I've been following you your whole life and now I'm in love with you I just saw a picture of you <laughs> once <laughs> but I have another son this one's name is Sean 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 Connor Sean son son of Ellis son of Ellis Hey, I wrote down in my notes, I don't know if you guys covered this or not. Um, is Cameron technically a Terminatrix? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that word. I'm bleeping that out. <laughs> now you're in trouble. <laughs> we'll know when she licks blood and has an orgasm. Oh, that's true. Oh my <laughs> god. Then she's a Terminatrix. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the whole uh, Terminator, um, uh, Chrome already fixing himself, 
I, I just wrote down, oh, apparently this is a wind-up Terminator. Because <laughs> he just like does a little wind-up, and then it cuts to credits, or what would, what would be commercials. John is wondering why this has happened again. He says, I changed the future, just not enough. They need to go do it again, because he can't keep running. I'm not a messiah. I can't lead an army. Wine, 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 wine. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you be in his position, you'd be whining too. Always. I don't know. I know, but then he's like, "Mommy, make kiss it and make it better." I'm like, "Ah, uh, oh, fine." Actually, did, did you steal my quote? Is that, did, he didn't actually say that, did he? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I would have wrote that down. <laughs> and then, yeah, he was like, "Make it better," and then she's like, "All right, I will." Hashtag Sarah Connor Chronicles. <laughs> Oh, there was no... Was there a hashtag in that thing? No. <laughs> right when Twitter was getting big. I just I just wrote, let's really stop the apocalypse this time. <laughs> <laughs> this time we're for yep. real. <laughs> this time we mean it. Until Fox cancels. Um, she agrees that eventually they should try to change it again. Tells Cameron they're not going to Mexico. They're going to find Skynet. I guess... Yeah, didn't John and Sarah hug right here? Apparently, Josh Friedman didn't want them to hug, and Lena Headey didn't want them to hug, but the powers that be wanted them to hug, and they even came down to the set that day to make sure they put the hug in. Seriously? Oh, because they wanted more emotion? I guess. (laughs) I don't know. know, It's not that bad. I mean, like, I'm constantly defending the show. Sarah is constantly very much like barking orders. There needed to be one moment of sympathy and then move on. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, this is not supposed to be a huggy show. But you want the character... Sponsored by Huggies. (laughs) You want the character to have some human traits, though, so... Yeah, I guess. They stopped at a gas station again and Cameron apologizes for lying to him because he apologized earlier. He's all like, I should have known a hot girl wouldn't be interested in me. She tells tells him in the future he's got a lot of friends. and He wants to know her model number because she's different, but she doesn't tell him. I guess it was the powers that be again were saying, you know, the fans are going to want to know the model number. The fans are going to want to know that. And he put in this scene, but... In his fashion, he doesn't even, you know, tell us what model number she is. All, all we know is that she's upgraded so she can eat chips. <laughs> Which well, she, she, she put it towards her mouth and then turned away. I was almost imagining her kind of dropping it down the front of her. <laughs> <laughs> Tell for that. And here I was, my mind went a different way. I'm like, well, if she uh, can eat, what else can she do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh-huh. it just made me wonder what would happen if, if Uncle Bob had tried to eat a chip. Would he just be like, <laughs> get caught? <laughs> he just chokes to death. <laughs> and then John gets killed by the T-1000. <laughs> who then, who, Down potato who chip. then proceeds to choke on a potato chip as well. <laughs> <laughs> Not Pretty having a good day. Yeah. I'm pretty certain the Terminator in the new movie has learned how to eat. Oh, really? But um, bum. Yeah. Sorry, I just don't even want to think about the new movie. When is it coming? July. Oh, wow, soon. Fifth or fourth or something like that. 
Los and we skipped to Los Angeles, September 9, 1999. So it's been, I guess, three days or five days. I can't remember. They're at the Dyson compound. <laughs> the Dysons are expecting pizza, but it's not the pizza man. Wah, wah. Like, seriously. Yeah. They know. Poor guys. Yeah, it's like you guys again. Sarah explains to her, to Mrs. D- or Miss Dyson, that it didn't happen the way that she thinks. Miles died a hero. They're looking for leads on Skynet, but to Rissa, I think her name is, she explains that, you know, y'all destroyed everything. Cameron knows that Cromartie is coming, so they take one of Teresa's cars and they lead Cromartie past their truck that they had, which they detonate when he gets near. That was pretty smart. I like how, uh, to prove that she's a Terminator, she just has light up eyes. She doesn't have to rip her whole hand off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hands are hard to repair. She is upgraded. Yeah. My eyes light up and I eat chips. I am also sold at Toys R Us. <laughs> um, oh, do I still have Toys R Us? Yeah. Oh, I forgot I to. Uh, I forgot to mention in the previous scene. Uh, we got another callback shot of uh, Sarah watching the Terminator and John talk like, from across the way. Yeah. yeah. You're very low, Robin. I am. I'm very low. Now you're okay. Oh, you're fine. Now. Oh man, do I have to be right up on this mic? <laughs> Not like that. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you were fine before. Just for a second, you went away. Oh, okay. It was a connection. Yeah. Worst guest ever. I apologize. <laughs> Sarah was shot during that whole scene before, and John gets some supplies, and Sarah tells Cameron to patch her up while John is gone. Sarah knows they can't keep running or she'll lose John. Yeah, like, he'll, he'll, she's worried that he's just gonna leave her. You know? Yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. Again, skipping back. Dyson's, uh, the Dyson's live on Mulholland Drive. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I didn't notice that. Yeah. And even in, in like, when they, we first saw, like, news clippings and pictures of the Dysons in the beginning, I, I completely forgot what happened in this pilot, but I was like, why did they just use pictures from Terminator 2? Why couldn't they couldn't get licensing for that? Oh, yeah, they mm-hmm. actually had to have the Dysons be in this episode, so. Who was the father? Is somebody who's familiar? Oh, oh man. It was Miles. It was this guy, you know. He was in Eureka, right? No, I mean, the Miles on this show, they had a different guy in the picture. Right. The old guy was in Eureka. Uh, I'll look it up. Okay, well, the next day, Sarah wakes up. They need to go. Cameron takes him to a sect. Got it. It's Phil Morris. Oh, Phil Morris, the Martian man. Oh, wow. Cool. Awesome. I actually know who that one is because that was when I was still watching it. Actually, I watched all of it. I don't know who that is. Careful. No. Yeah, don't say anything bad about Smallville. <laughs> no, I, I actually watched all of it. Yay. For good, better, or worse. I liked it. <laughs> she opened up a safety deposit box in 1963. Mm-hmm. They hold up the bank, and one of the tellers tripped the silent alarm. She has the bank people lock them in back there. They're... They open up a whole bunch of boxes and start putting things on the table. They're awfully uh, trust trusting of this plan like they go through like 
all the way up to the point where they're locked in in the safe, <laughs> and they still haven't even asked what she's doing. <laughs> okay, we'll yeah. go along with this. Oh, we're trapped in the safe now? All right. And then Sarah's like, I thought you had safety deposit box. I'm like, really? Like, you're asking that now? Like, obviously you're in there for a reason. But I had a question. So was there any reason for them to hold up the bank? Like, couldn't they just ask to be let into the safety deposit and open, you know, like, or, you know, get that woman down there and do a little bit more, you know, inobtrusively? It just seemed that there was a lot of fuss for someone who had, like, a legit claim to a safety deposit box. True. She's a Terminator. She doesn't stand alone. <laughs> She's like, screw this. It's taking me more than five minutes. Yeah. I hate you all. Sorry. I gotta ask you guys, like, I mean, mine, your mind is about to be blown in a few minutes, and obviously we'll talk about that, but um, so cool. was your mind blown the fact that they sent a Terminator back in time, even earlier, just to get this whole plan started? I mean, they said, she said, uh, what was it? They sent it back to 1963? Was it so. a Terminator? I thought they just said a Resistance member. Oh, was it? I think I was getting the impression that both of them may have been... I don't know. Cause also, she said that she opened the box, but maybe she'd been talking about the um, engineer. But yeah, there was someone who worked did. at the bank, like who did the all the... So my mind was blown at the fact that there's something that can actually kill Terminators. Like that, yeah. that yeah. unit thing that she that gun so i thought that was a big thing and then like i was so pleasantly surprised by what happened next it's interesting they picked 1963 too Mm -hmm. uh kennedy was shot in 1963 so did the terminators take care of kennedy as well or uh... yes yes that was who's on the grassy knoll yes (laughs) he was the third shooter (laughs) they didn't kill kennedy then the future would be gone (laughs) He's actually John Connor. <laughs> Apparently, the three of them in that room together drove everybody nuts. Summer said she got fined because she couldn't stop laughing, and Lena couldn't handle the gun. She said it sounded like a cat dying. Or something what? Like that. <laughs> Apparently, they were just driving everybody nuts back there, just acting up. Remember, um, I don't know if you guys remember the Firefly gag reel, but a big in joke was Summer. Because she just would keep kind just of screaming. Yeah, and laughing. Yeah. Which is so funny because, you know, like, all of the characters she plays, well, I mean, the, like, memorable ones that I can imagine, like, they're all so serious. Like, she's right. never played, like, just a light, fluffy character that laughs all the time. Like, that just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Really sweet, though. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was so excited. You probably already talked about the casting, but I was just so excited when she got cast i was like perfect you know she just she was river tam and kicked all sorts of butt and totally convinced she's gonna be a great terminator so i knew she was in this i just didn't know what part she played um and you know like i think it's perfect casting for the part that she played too i think they kind of tried to keep it secret that she was going to be in it for a while but it's like got out yeah, I didn't hear about it from the promotions itself. I think I heard about it just after the fact when people talk about the series. You know, it's kind of hard to to not. But I don't remember seeing any promotions. I think I was super into Heroes or something that just kept me from like paying attention. I don't know. Oh yeah, they were on the same night. I think. Oh, were they? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, Mondays. That's right, Mondays. 
Police start arriving, and Ellis sees a security feed of Sarah at the bank. If you know this woman, don't you? <laughs> uh, Cameron explains in the vault how you can't send something non-living back, so you send people back to build the machines. Clever. Cremoni yeah, I like starts that. starts ripping those off. Yeah, I didn't even think of that before. So Cameron has put together a gun to give to Sarah to use. If they didn't spend all that time assembling the gun, they could have time-traveled sooner. <laughs> but they would have left a Terminator behind. Well, yeah. But he still left behind in a way because he didn't go through the time portal. Or and did he? he? Did, his, even if he did, his body's going to be laying somewhere for somebody to find. I'm pretty like, sure we saw a head fly in that special effects shot. Yeah, we did. But where did yeah. it land? And who's going to find it? And what repercussions will that have? Well, it's better than... I, I, I don't know. That's true. There's either I would agree with Terminator, you, Matt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Either leave the Terminator like waiting for you to show back up again, or possibly give that tech to somebody else. Because here's the thing: is even if they let a Terminator back there, what is he really going to do? Like his mission is to kill John Connor. If John Connor's not there, I mean, he's not supposed to be vengeful and like you know kill everybody in his path because he's just angry. You know, like I don't know what he would do. He's just kind of like, well, I guess I'm just going to live life now. You know, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm not sure it would have been. I, 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 I kind of agree with you. Like, they should have just focused on getting out of there. Because, wait, what happened to that gun? That gun can't go with them. Yeah, they left that behind, too. So that was like a complete waste of time. Yeah. Huh. Boy, Cameron really screwed this up. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't think this through. Put together this gun that will be no use for us like 10 minutes from now. <laughs> Spent a I lot mean, of time doing that. They've yeah. been setting this up since 1963, so... <laughs> she pretty much has, has to use it to make all that effort worth it. <laughs> Sorry, you went back in time for nothing. We didn't even use the gun. <laughs> it's okay. This can't... We're sending you back. You better use that yeah. gun. <laughs> <laughs> it shall not all be for waste. <laughs> so she starts working on a machine, and she explains that an engineer got a job building a vault so they'd always have a way back home. They know where, they don't, they know when, where Skynet was built, they just don't know who, so they can go there and stop it. And she sets the date to 2007. And Sam, uh, Samarin, I mean, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> they went through time and they melded together. <laughs> Samarin. <laughs> Sarah tells Cameron to you know, do it, they're gonna go. And Sarah blasts Crow Marty, who comes in right before they're transported to 2007 in the middle of the street. And one of the cars in the street was a Prius, so that's how you know they went into the future. (laughs) It's not always the case. Like, they always have an electric car. Like, now you know you're here. Or somebody with a smartphone. (laughs) Yeah. And Cameron is the only one who knows how to strike the pose when time traveling. Yeah. <laughs> but I, the, uh, John and Sarah didn't have any pain when they went through time. Kyle Reese described it as super painful. Or he's just a wimp. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, these guys are tough. They whined a lot. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe the engineer figured out how to make it less painful. <laughs> maybe. Was... Yeah, because when he went through time, he was covered in, like, burns. He was like, <laughs> he was like, ah! He has sensitive, gotta be a better way to he do has this. sensitive skin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, he breathes easily. 
<laughs> or they're like, you know, they were in pain, but yet they're in the middle of like a six lane highway. <laughs> they're like, yeah, I, I'm going to go suffer on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, seriously. They have to like get better about like where they're, you know, like their, lo- their location. <laughs> like they, ha- they have like the timing down correct. Now they just, they just need to work on the location because they always like do something like this. Why can't they just like, you know, time travel to someone's closet where there's lots of clothes and nobody's at home? Like that would be perfect. It's always interesting. You know? Department oh. store at night. Yeah. That's perfect. It's always interesting when people do time travel stories to see how they handle the time and space thing. Like, they travel through time, but how are you going to manage the space thing? Like, it seems in Terminator, you time travel, but you also change position, like, on the world. Like, you don't go back to the exact same location. And uh, and if, if you're, if you're not going to go in the same location, like, if time travel was a real thing, thinking about it, and you time traveled, and uh, you went to another year, and the Earth was—if you was in a different spot in the solar system—you just like land in somewhere <laughs> in outer space, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, or like it, you said, in the middle of a block somewhere, like, yeah. oops, in the middle of cement. But I mean, like, honestly, like, how does that work? Because is it just totally random? Like, then why didn't they just end up in Tokyo or something? You know, like, yeah. How fast does the world spin? No, it's not just that it spins; just... it's that it rotates around the sun too. So, uh, <laughs> it might not. The Earth might not even be there in the in the year and the day you land up. <laughs> is this the part of the show where we go? This is a show about time traveling Terminators. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. Ha- she doesn't have the same face, Matt. <laughs> As the movie, it's time travel. Nothing makes sense. I mean, my next note is it's not even any sort of metaphysical theory it's we're going streaking in capital letters so (laughs) did i get recorded by some kid before they all run and you notice that cameron protected john but she left sarah there when they run off because she doesn't matter like she's (laughs) she she didn't make him or or he didn't make her or no no wait she didn't make her (laughs) he made her <laughs> Sarah Connor you, the third wheel chronicles. But, so do you think that like John made made Cameron to like you know be all sexy and everything? Like do you think that he knows her in the future? Probably. Oh. Some stunt people run down the hill in flesh colored bodysuits. Yeah, suits. I have a big note about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nude bodysuits. It is September third, two thousand seven. Now, this next part, Cameron getting some clothes for them wasn't in the script, but David Nutter figured that the audience would be happy to see Summer Glau kicking some ass, so they put this in. Makes sense. Where else would they get clothes? <laughs> it's, like, perfect, you know, like, uh, date rape guys pull up to the side of the road, you know? <laughs> like, you know, it, yeah. I just love the fact that they always get their their clothes from, like, jerks and homeless yeah. people. <laughs> like, there's just, like, like the routest, and strippers. you know, like... Well, who else is out at night? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that time of night. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to look at myself right now, but, you know. <laughs> so if, if Kyle Reese had, had, like, come back through time, and the first person he ran across was, like, an old granny, would he take her clothes, or would he just keep going naked? <laughs> he would have taken those clothes and her walker. <laughs> The first date rape guy that Summer beat up was a black belt in karate in real life. Oh. Seriously? Wow. Yeah. He didn't get to I mean, show any moves. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe he did. We just, you know, 
Some are just, I mean, what are you going to do against a Terminator? What are you going to do against a dancer? Mm, true. Dancers. Oh, I noticed Sarah had a smile on her face while Cameron was beating him up. She was enjoying herself, I guess. <laughs> so nobody knows they're there. Cameron says that John is safe, which is the wrong thing to say around those two. <laughs> nobody. You're never safe. I uh, took my quote. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I didn't say. I don't think I. Oops, sorry. It's a really obvious one. I have another. <laughs> said on the commentary that this time jump to the future was how they got the show sold. That executive they pitched it to fell out of his seat with glee when he heard this idea. It's perfect. It's like, ah, oh, but John would be this old right now if you wanted to keep it in the timeline. Nope, we jump forward into the future. <laughs> yeah. Like a present day. I just say I really liked it because I was kind of, I don't know, I was kind of wondering how they were going to do this and how, if it's just going to be each, like each, each episode, which would be this Terminator, like chasing them and like what the stories were going to be. So now this gives them the whole like fish out of water type thing to deal with as well. And, you know, less visibility, I guess. So I don't know. I really like the fact that this What's jump happened. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> What is texting? <laughs> I guess they didn't have video phones back in 99 because Sarah was just kind of glaring at this, <laughs> just staring at that car while that guy's recording him. So they're driving off and Sarah's doing another voiceover and they finish at a house with a swing set, which is an homage to T2 Playground. Hmm. And... There's a news report about some streakers, and Sarah's face is clearly visible. I don't know if Ellison saw it. He was at his desk, but Charlie sees it. And his girlfriend is Sonia Walger. Is that how you say her name? She was in Lost. Penny. Oh. Penny. Penny would. Yeah, I wasn't sure if we were going to drop that this episode, because she just kind of, like, walks by in the background. But yeah. Yeah, I didn't notice her. And she was one of my favorite characters on Lost, so... Oh, Will, you really blew this. You're like pulling a Cameron. <laughs> her name was in the credits, so... I actually wasn't paying close attention to that scene, so I just saw her name in the credits and figured... Okay, it was enough. Oh, well, is it is this like... Wait, foreshadowing or backshadowing? Like Penny, the constant time travel? <laughs> wait till the Christmas Day episode. <laughs> but uh, oh, it does goodness. appear that Charlie's moved on, and... Uh, it's uh, this is his the guy with a weird accent. <laughs> it's a it's a show full of weird accents, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a State Farm guy. She moved on from Desmond. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, is that Sarah Connor on the TV? <laughs> I know that woman. <laughs> it's been seven years. He's not the Joker. (laughs) I'm so serious. I prefer Matt's interpretation (laughs) of his character. (laughs) Can you dub over the rest of the episodes he's in? Look up David. Look up David Hater's Solid Snake, and then uh, and then listen to him again. (laughs) Yeah, let's listen to like a clip from uh, Metal Gear Solid. I don't want to play that now. All of a sudden, (laughs) you want to know how I got these scars? So, what did David Hayter write? He wrote maybe one of the X-Men movies. Oh, I think so. Maybe X2. Anyway, do we have any quotes? Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, man, I stole my own quote. No <laughs> one's ever safe. <laughs> um, I have, 
Half an hour, one bag, plus guns. I'll make pancakes. Oh, yeah. That made me think of the, uh, in the Jay and Jack Facebook group, the pancake versus waffle debate. It's been going on for so long. I don't know what started that, but it's been going on for so long. I don't remember. So, which do you guys prefer? I prefer pancakes. Waffle girl. Uh, uh, yeah, waffles don't sit like lead in my stomach afterwards, but I do mm-hmm. like a good pancake now and again. Yeah, me too. I, just, I don't I know, I like I like a, a good uh, pile of uh, Belgian waffles with uh, strawberries and whipped cream and custard. Mm. Wow, that's like dessert. Yeah. It's not breakfast anymore. That's like the uh-uh. diabetic stream. Yes. Um I I just like the crispy. It's a texture thing for me. Yeah. And I'm ending the podcast now. <laughs> uh, fail. Kidding. All you waffle lovers. Anyway, oh, any like more yogurt, Sorry. So, go ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah, yogurt. You might want to put those back in the holster. Yeah, yeah. Let's see, what do I have? Is that your only name? Like Madonna? <laughs> Cromarty Madonna? Why? No. <laughs> I have a couple other. I don't know if anybody else has quotes. I only had one, and Go. it's gone. <laughs> Aw. Go for it. What was it? It was the pancakes one, right? Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, the other two I have are um, Cameron using John's voice, neat trick you like. <laughs> hmm. And uh, Sarah, is this nuclear? Or nuclear? <laughs> I, I always do that. And Cameron uh. says, no, not really. <laughs> yeah. And no one is ever safe. No one. Who is our badass of the week this week? Oh. Hmm. Sarah. I voted for Cameron. It's because I love Summer. Mm. I voted for Sarah because there wasn't... I don't know. I just love Sarah. So I voted Sarah. Hmm. No one's voting for John. <laughs> no. Nope. Um, yeah, I think that I'll vote for Cameron because... Sarah didn't do much fighting. Yeah, me too. Sarah Sarah tried, but was very ineffective this whole episode. <laughs> she was very... She was taken along for the ride the whole time, basically. Yeah, I really hope that in the future we do see her be more badass. Yeah. Like, I want to see some of that T2 stuff coming out. She was tough as hell. Like, she went after the, the, the whole school shooting. She's didn't ask for like ice or anything when she got the bullet pulled out of her get stitched <laughs> up. she was tough she's just human she but she was she was door. reactive like I want to see her like I mean I liked when she turned the phrase and she was like we're going to go after Skynet I want her to do some stuff like that like I want to see her bite someone's ear off and I want to see her like you know <laughs> wielding yep, weapons and not get pinned down by people Oh, so. speaking, of, speaking of ears off I forgot to mention uh when Cromarty got blown up and we he's all battle damaged, you can see like the Terminator's ear is like a little wireframe. Like that you never see that. Like when their when their flesh is all gone, they have, don't have ears. And I I assume since they had skin that they would have cartilage and stuff, but his ear was made of like a wire frame. Wire. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool and weird. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder what kind of metal. I don't know. It was just like thin Adamantium. Thin pieces of metal. I don't know. It can't be too strong because they usually lose them when they lose their all their skin because that's the first time we've seen it. <laughs> True. I wonder if Cromarty is anatomically correct, like <laughs> like 
Arnold and Robert Patrick exterminated. <laughs> we can only hope. I don't so know what I meant by that. <laughs> <laughs> the robot loving to hack those. <laughs> so I'm gonna call. A, I'm gonna call Cameron now. The Glaubot. The Glaubot. Glaubot. The Glaubot. Uh, you want to rate this bad boy? Want to start us out, Robin? Oh sure. Um, it was an awesome pilot. I was. I really. I remember watching this the first time and being kind of like, "Oh boy," <laughs> you know. And uh, and I don't know. It's it's got a very awesome uh, beginning. Um, the chase is on. We have a cool Terminator, and then like a couple great twists towards the end. Um, oh, jeez. You know, I think this is my first time rewatching this series, so I'm having a hard time trying to compare this to other episodes because I don't remember them that well. So I can't exactly rate on a scale. I'll just rate on enthusiasm. Um, ten out of ten um, guns and holsters. <laughs> nice. Oh, awesome. Um, what about you, Malika? <laughs> um, I really liked it. Uh, I... It was long for the fun ride. You know, a lot of callbacks to the movies, obviously. Um, love Summer Glau. And then I like the I really, really like the twist at the end because I wasn't expecting it at all. And um, I'm kind of excited about it. So uh, it wasn't perfect, but it was really good. So I'm going to give it 8.5 out of 10 burgers at a crime scene. Um, yum. <laughs> How about you, Matt? Um... I liked it. Um, I don't know. I was super excited for it when it when it came out, and I watched it, and then I watched the next couple episodes, and I dropped off. So I, I don't know what it, what about this show didn't catch me right away. But again, watching it this time, I liked it, but I didn't love it. I wasn't blown away. So, but I mean, I have to stick with it this time. So hopefully, it's going to catch. <laughs> um, that being said, I still enjoyed it so i'm gonna give it a 7.5 out of 10 robo head tilts nice i mean what was your writing robin oh it was 10 out of 10 guns and holsters oh that's um close to what i was gonna say so let me change mine i don't know what about the the episode didn't catch me or like i i'm not sure it's just why i'm I wasn't thrilled. I wasn't excited. I don't know. It felt like more of the same, especially after T3. Well, it's very, <laughs> it's very uh, much like, hey, we're a Terminator show. You know, we're, we've got the chase. We got the callbacks. You know, um, yeah. luckily that it didn't go for too much of the cheesy one-liners. Yes. You know, I was looking for quotes in this episode, and I had a hard time really getting some kind of funny ones. Um Class dismissed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was one. There was, was one. Was there was one where, oh, I think it was like you know, um, I don't know, something about feelings or whatever. They avoided certain ones where I expected something cheesy to come out of Summer Glau's face, and it didn't. And I was kind of pleasantly surprised. Um, but yeah, it it's I don't know. It, I, I think that it was a good episode. I don't think that it was like a perfect one. So I know what you're saying, Matt. It's. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like breakout, standout, whatever, but I think it has got like nostalgia and it's it's interesting. It is interesting. So, 
and and uh, you know it's uh, it's almost like a like a reboot, you know. And where mm-hmm. do they go from here? And uh, you know, without spoiling anything, it, I think it it did take a little a couple weeks to really kind of grab onto me. Yeah, like, like, this is a show I can't miss. <laughs> the only the yeah. only thing that felt super fresh about it was the uh, traveling to the future part. Because mm-hmm. even yeah, even I never see that. Yeah, even the female Terminator had been done at this point. So. Awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed the episode. I don't know if a lot of my enjoyment was just nostalgia. I was just really excited to watch the show again. And, and I was trying not to rate it too high because I know there are better episodes coming. So I gave it eight and a half out of ten shooters with robot legs. <laughs> uh, I was remembering the robot loving act of 2027. <laughs> <laughs> It's an old reference to the Sky Next podcast. I don't know if it's still out there or no, not. No, Heidi did mention um, in the group, I think, that she still has like every episode. So I might be like, hey, oh, is there yeah. another one? Yeah, when the show is actually on the air. Yeah. Derek and Steve. So funny. Okay, I was just going to say, I kind of like the sound of that robot of an act. <laughs> Robots have rights too. <laughs> I don't remember how that came about, but it was a running joke. All right, let's get to feedback. <laughs> um, our first email is from Heidi, who Malika got to meet a few days ago. Who wants to do that? Uh, I can do it. <clears throat> Heidi says, Hey, guys, I'm so excited to finally be rewatching this series. Lena Hetty is amazing as Sarah. I had only ever seen Thomas Decker in Heroes before this but he is perfect for this role. And Summer Glau is a robot. It didn't take a genius for that casting. The action begins right away, but it's still all, but it's all a dream. They had a huge budget for this pilot because of that dream because that dream okay, they had a huge budget for this pilot because that dream sequence is movie-worthy. Uh, we begin 2 years after Terminator 2, so we get to ignore the events of Terminator 3. The scene where Cromarty calls roll and then starts shooting at John is crazy good and then Cameron hits him with the truck and says that iconic line. Sarah has to watch John die a couple times in this episode. I agree with Cameron. They should have changed their aliases. I wouldn't think going by Reese would be very smart. I guess those behind Skynet wouldn't know about Kyle being John's father, but what if they found out? The concept for this series is so great. The movies were all about running, just staying alive, but by giving... The character is a chance to stop Skynet before it happens. It's a really interesting concept. So we've gone from 1999 to 2007, and of course, people already know they're, know they're there. I hope you enjoy the ride, Malika. It's going to be fun. Until next time, Heidi. She, Thank she you, doesn't Heidi. care about if you enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, only, only <laughs> Malika has to enjoy it. <laughs> I didn't oh. see the amount, but I... I think I do remember hearing that they spent a lot of money on this pilot. That actually reminded me. Um, did do you remember that um, uh, the pilot leaked actually months before? Yeah, I don't know if you uh, covered that while I was attending to temper tantrums, but <laughs> uh, no, I didn't talk about that. I do. I saw the link you sent me with some of the differences in it, like some yeah, yeah, lines changed or some scenes changed. Yeah, some of the opening stuff changed. Um, but yeah, I didn't really write a list, but yeah, this it's one of the first times I can remember when something like that happened, a, a pilot 
to a new TV show leaks online. You know, that year, years later, that happened with The Flash as well, right? Well, there's Wonder Woman, too. Ugh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking about shows that actually aired. <laughs> <laughs> See, next, we have audio feedback from Sergeant Drano. Okay, I'll read it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Incoming transmission from Station 7, The Door. Hey, this is Sergeant Drano from Station 7, calling with feedback for the pilot episode of Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles. When I first heard that they were making this series, I was extremely dubious of it. Terminator with no Arnold, recasting Sarah Connor, and how would big-budget action translate to the small screen? Even the title of the series felt overlong and fanficy to me. So when this series first started airing, I skipped it. However, a buddy of mine did watch it and kept raving about it. He insisted that it was awesome. So I finally gave it a try when season one was about half over. I started at the beginning and was really surprised at how good it was. Honestly, looking back at all of the movies in this series in hindsight, I truly believe that Sarah Connor Chronicles is the best that Terminator ever got. I think it's better than the movies that preceded it, and way better than the movie that followed. I think you guys are in for a treat. For this first episode, of course, I get to wrap my head around these new actors playing various characters. Kind of weird seeing Sarah with dark hair, but I suppose we can reason that she would have changed her hair color to stay incognito. I thought Lena Headey's performance was so good that I didn't even recognize her, even though I was familiar with her work in stuff like 24 and later Game of Thrones. I immediately liked this John Connor better than Furlong, though in this episode he is still a little bit whiny. Uh, Room to evolve, though, right? So at what point did the noobs realize that first sequence was a dream? I guess probably the giveaway is when the Terminator shoots John, but I think there's a couple of hints earlier, too. It was funny to see Ryan O'Reilly from Oz as Sarah's fiancé. I liked Cromarty. Somehow the name Cromarty just totally fits as being a Terminator name. Cameron is interesting so far, though we haven't done much more than introduce her character yet. It's too bad she is so well publicized as being a Terminator character. I doubt any new viewers are going to come into the show without already knowing that she is. And I think this episode works better when the viewer is surprised by the reveal. I already knew when she was a Terminator when I first saw it, too. Uh, I liked the stuff in the bank vault. That was a neat idea, build future tech in the past. So they've time-traveled from 1999 to 2007, eight years into the future, completely leaping over the events of Terminator 3 in 2004 and undoing that timeline. Clever. I'd be interested in some speculation by the noobs on what implications they think this might have. On the whole, a solid first episode, but it gets much better than this. I'll give it 8 out of 10 Terminator titties that you might want to put back in the holster. Looking forward to your podcast. Namaste, and good luck. Transmission terminated. Thank you, Drano. I don't know what you're doing, but... (laughs) (laughs) So, Drano lives on the Nostromo, because I heard heard the sound effects for Mother from the Nostromo. <laughs> well, oh, I it was like... video game? <laughs> I don't think Lena Headey was in 24, but I think I know who you're mistaking her for. She kind of looks like Lena Headey. Hmm. <laughs> or maybe I'm wrong. I'll if I'm wrong, you can call me out on it. But um, 
Yeah, there's a football player named Crew Marty, and after this show, whenever I heard his name, I'm always thinking about the Terminator. <laughs> so, let's see, up next we have email from Ian. I'll read Ian's email. He says, Hi, Chroniclers. I could just say this is a great pilot and leave it there, but you deserve more than that, so let's get to it. Aw. It's a gr- <laughs> it's great pilot as it feels like a natural follow-on from the first two films. I believe both Lena Headey as Sarah and Thomas Decker as a young John Connor. Deciding to have Sarah engaged and in the States is a brave way to start the series. It shows that she's still vulnerable. Thomas Decker's John has similarities to the John we've seen before, but he does his own thing here, and by the end of the pilot, we're already seeing his character growth from him as he shares his mother's words, no one is ever safe. Cameron immediately acts more human than any cyborg before, even when she reveals herself. (laughs) Sorry, I'm thinking about something from down below, okay? (laughs) A small point, but she refers to the Terminators as they, not we. Also, when Sarah tells her they're going to find Skynet, she gives a little half smile as if, as if to indicate that's why she's here. I reckon it is because she couldn't enact the plan until the Connors decide that's what they wanted to do. After all, the machine is programmed for Cameron. Speaking of which, sending someone back to build devices is a great way to get around the you-can't-bring-anything-through issue. Then building a time machine in the past and doing a time jump that sets in place the premise of the show is a great way to kick off the series. Really creative. I also want to point out the music here. It sets the tone perfectly doing what the rest of the pilot does and follows on from the films paying homage to them while at the same time building on them. I love that Bear McCreary does some music for this. He is the best in the business right now. Finally, welcome to Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles proper. Enjoy the ride. Thank you, Ian. And next we have an email from Danielson. I think I can read it. <laughs> well, okay. I was, I was going to read it, but I don't... Are, where were you putting it? Oh, you're putting it in the chat. Oh, I was... Okay. Yeah, I was there it is. Do you want to read it, Robin? Go for okay. it. Um, Hey What We Make podcast, Terminator The Sarah Connor Chronicles premiered on Fox when I was 17 going on 18. Wow. And I immediately fell in love. (laughs) Wrong podcast. (laughs) 17 going on 18 and I immediately fell in love with the dark, edgy antiheroes and the moody atmosphere. It expands the lore in intriguing ways while presenting a faithful version of what I love about the franchise. I tuned in every week. It was weirdly emotional for me and in my own way I felt strongly identified with the inner struggles of John Connor in his strange family. The show has many mysteries, some of which have, um, have no clear explanation, so newbies feel free to indulge us in rampant wild speculation. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I like how the first shot of, uh, of the open road in the night picks up right where a teach you loved off, and I love the return of Sarah Connor's narration as a storytelling device. For new re- viewers, Sarah's dream is, dream, no, Sarah's dream is, a brilliant way to show the Connors three main enemies, the authorities hunting them as terrorists, Skynet's Terminators from the future, and the nightmare of the nuclear ho- ho- holocaust. Nitpick number one. The picture of Sarah from the Pescadero does bother, bother me. Why couldn't they just take some shots of Lena Haiti with either dyed blonde hair or blonde Lena Hamilton wig? I appreciate that she cut and dyed her hair black, um, being on the run since T2, but for the past pictures, they should have used blonde. There you go, Matt. <laughs> Nitpick number two. <laughs> 
why exactly did Sarah risk sending John to public school at all? Get some curriculum and have him do homeschool program. Less paperwork and exposure. With Cameron, I like that we get to see um, see more of a use of Terminator's infiltration abilities. She does a fair job of passing out for a human, but I like that you can identify, you can definitely um, sense a certain fakeness, even in her initial approach to John. I have to commend the show for prioritizing faithfulness to the Terminator formula over the network concerns because uh, they they show a shooter start um, opening fire in a high school classroom and that had to cause concern at Fox standards and practices. The, the class dismissed line was a test up too far though. Terminators have no reason to make puns. Have you seen Arnold? <laughs> they have a reputation. <laughs> yeah. You can see disappointment on John's face at the truck when he sees Cameron's bullet wounds and realizes she's the hot girl was, uh, he was falling for. Isn't, a, um, isn't that girl after all? Real quick, Sarah can still drive after being shot. Fucking badass. I think the time displacement equipment made um, with old-timey 1960s components is so cool. This is a great pilot. I'm, it managed to give the backstory, explain the main characters, and set up the stakes while leaving enough questions um, at the end to keep you watching 9 out of 10 Calvert recliners. Thanks so much for starting an intercast for this, Daniels, this series, Daniel. Ha! Huh. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. Um, we did discuss nitpick number one. But um, nitpick number two about sending John to uh, public school, I just think that maybe she, John she wanted John to have a normal life for a little while. Okay, uh, this I forgot to bring in something that a comment. But um, when he's describing his his mother to um, Cameron, I was thinking about Bates Motel. <laughs> And yes, mother. Yeah, and just the fact that he's all kinds of weird about his mother, and it sounded just like Norma Bates. And then, I mean, this is not really spoilers at all, but like you know, the fact that homeschooling does come up, and I'm like, oh, I don't think that we want. I want. I think that we want John to be as normal as possible. <laughs> I don't think we want her, them to open up a an establishment and start killing people in the bathtub. Well, I mean, you know, the last shot we see of them is them walking into some sort of house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if it's like a bed and breakfast they're opening? <laughs> <laughs> oh my! They said in the comment, they said in the commentary that they delivered this episode on the same day as the Virginia Tech shooting, so they were kind of worried. But I guess Fox didn't make them take anything out. Unlike the Buffy episode. Next, we have an email from Lori. Take that one, Robin. Sure. Uh, okay. Um, oh, wow. It's, a long one. it's from Lori? Yes. Hello, Lori. Uh, your email says, <laughs> Hello, Termies. Do you all have a name yet? I don't know. I kind of like Chroniclers. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Chroniclers or Termies. <laughs> I have mostly caught up in order to send some feedback, though I have still not yet watched Terminator 3. Promise to catch up on that. You're not missing anything. <laughs> you and me both, Lori. <laughs> Technically, this uh, this show takes place... This is, this is me talking, sorry. Technically, this show takes place between T2 and T3, so maybe you don't have to watch it until the whole show's over. I don't know. Um, okay. I'm a complete newbie and looking forward to following along with you all. I watched the pilot with my daughter on her college spring break. We both clued in at about the same time that the opening scene was a dream sequence due to the cinematography before John gets shot. The beginning scenes were a bit heavy on emotion and team mom angst, and the acting writing was a bit over the top. However, I know Lena Headey, Cersei, is an excellent actress, and that did set the stage for people who had not seen the movies. 
We wonder how they got settled so quickly at a new town. Do they just grab abandoned houses wherever they go? She can't be making much from that waitressing career. We also knew immediately that both River, oops, that's Cameron, and the substitute teacher were termies. But the special effect of taking the weapon out of the leg was pretty cool. It also did a good job of making her look at least somewhat like a plausible teenager. Our favorite scene was at the bank vault, though no idea how it works with the time jumping. Who put the items there in 1963? I assume the, the items were not from the future, since things cannot be brought back. But then, how did they make the weapon to open the time gate with them? A lot certainly changed in the eight years they went forward, as they did not seem to understand that the video the kid got would go viral. Predictions. The ex-fiance will get involved somehow. Since Cameron is a different t sort of Terminator, seeing as she can eat, assume she will have other more human characteristics as well. Badass Weird. Cameron. Quote, Cameron, in the future you have many friends. Hmm. Um, rating, 7 out of 10, random items in safe deposit boxes. Thank you, Lori. So I think that um, they sent people back to create those things in the past, yeah. and so that's why they were there. Yeah, they used items in the past to build the equipment, I think. But I am right with you on Cameron having other needs, um, as well as your... <laughs> As well as your other <laughs> prediction. Um, yeah, I'm kind of along the same lines. Well, that loving act doesn't come along until 2027, so... <laughs> that doesn't mean it has... It's just legal at that time, you know? It doesn't mean that, you know, people have been doing it since time... Since Robbers were created. created. That's a lot Pretty of Pretty sure Alabama will have a problem with this. Yes. Alabama will have a problem with It'll it the <laughs> It'll never be accepted. <laughs> all robots stay away from Alabama. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Our final email is from Matt A. Does anybody want to read Matt A's email? Sure. Matt says, thoughts on the pilot. One, the dream sequence that kicked things off felt long and unnecessary. I suppose it underscores how Sarah lives in a constant state of fear, but it lessens the shock of the actual termy appearing at the school later. Because we saw the sequence not ten minutes earlier. I'm a bit worried this series is going to be one endless chase. I hope things slow down and we have room for character and world building. It's a movie franchise. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, Did you write this, this email, is... Matt? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. This is signed uh, Matt. Hmm. <laughs> Number two. I'm curious. Uh, it's lovely seeing Lena crooked mouth headley as Sarah Connor. <laughs> I'm so used to used to her as Cersei that I'm really gobsmacked this is the same actress. I can already tell she's going to be amazing in this role. Number three. So, Summer Glau was not my favorite on Firefly, but so far I like her here. I do find it curious how she initially appeared to John Connor and the audience as human. There was nothing in her attitude, accent, or posture that said, I'm actually a robot. As the episode progressed, she dropped that human veneer and became more of a standard Terminator, awkward and succinct. Perhaps the bullets she absorbed damaged her humanity subroutine, and now she walks and talks more like a robot. Listen, you know, some people just don't want to put on an act anymore. You know, <laughs> they want to be free. She just wants to be a robot. Yep. It's unnecessary after that point. Robots uh, are people, too. Yeah. <laughs> Hate her. <laughs> uh, number four. I'm starting to feel bad for the termies. 
they're really bad at their jobs. John Connor always gets away because they're too eager to overplay their hands. Don't attack him in a classroom with other students. Wait till he's alone. Maybe ambush him in the bathroom. Maybe put explosive devices under all the chairs, and instead of taking attendance, you just blow up the whole fucking room. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe play a long game and become a regular presence in John's life so he and Sarah let their guards down, and then murder the both... And then murder the both of them at the school's annual spaghetti dinner fund or f- fundraiser carnival. Nice. <laughs> Be the tortoise, not the hare, Termies. <laughs> Number five. Time jump in the future. Uh, that that is a pretty interesting twist. I wonder how that impacts the timeline. If I if I time jumped into the future and ended up naked on the freeway with my mother, who is also naked, I would be so embarrassed I would kill myself. <laughs> Keep fighting the future. Does your mom have a Does your mom have a body like a uh, uh, Lena Hitty? That's all I gotta say. I don't think it matters. Doesn't matter. No, I, <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, actually, I thought about that too. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is terrible," because he's her mother. Ew. <laughs> and then there's a naked girl over there too. I know. Like, and then don't look at her. Happening. Yeah, I know. Don't look at her because yeah. you're naked, dude. <laughs> don't. <laughs> And then don't look at your naked mother and the naked woman because you might have serious issues in the future if you don't already. (laughs) But then you can go just back to the past and fix them. So I guess that's okay. This is the moment that defined John Connor and made him strong enough to (laughs) (laughs) survive seeing my mother naked. I can survive anything. I know. (laughs) The quote Fox Mulder and say, I just like to remind you all that we're in the Arctic. <laughs> exactly. It's cold on that freeway. <laughs> well, thank you, Matt. I'm losing my voice. So, if you want to send us feedback, that's mail at whatwemakepodcast.com. So, now we can actually do predictions now that we're actually in the series, y'all. See, what is the, the name of the next episode? I'm pretty sure I'm going to mispronounce it because it's Greek. Oh. It's Nothisianton, which I know is Greek for know thyself. Um, I, was, I was predicting. Non- I, I always call it naughty situation. <laughs> John and Sarah get into a naughty situation. Ooh. I predict that John is going to know himself by imagining, <laughs> imagining Cameron in several different ways. Okay, Matt. <laughs> uh, I, was it a farmhouse they went into or something at the end? What kind of well, house? You're gonna get serious on me, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, what, what was I don't the? Know. What was the? Was it just a an abandoned house or what was? I don't know. It's a bed and breakfast. We already cleared this up. Okay. Well, then they're gonna set up a bed and breakfast, <laughs> and, and he's gonna make Cameron wear a French maid's uniform. <laughs> and Ooh, they are gonna, gonna serve pancakes right with. Yeah, we're gonna serve pancakes with the guns in the morning. Yes. Waffles. Oh yes, waffles. Oh, I, right. I hope it's a slower paced episode where we, you know, we get more. It's know thyself, Matt. It will be slow paced. Yeah, very it's slow. <laughs> it's going to be like forty minutes of knowing thyself. Maybe it's getting to know thyself as you run from a Terminator <laughs> for forty five so, minutes. You're so pessimistic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can remember one scene that. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, okay. It's sort of by. Anyway. So yeah, Robin, <laughs> thank you for being our guest for the pilot episode of the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Uh, thank I, you. 
very uh, very honored to be here and i'm looking forward to listening to this episode and hearing all the parts i missed as i was (laughs) (laughs) and you will be back later yes i know for genesis at least there's a couple i signed up for this season two so when are you um so when are your podcasts starting because i'm excited to hear them Yes, that was my next question. Tell us yeah. about your podcast, Robin. This is how much I wanted to be on What We Make. The, um, the one podcast that I'm doing is called the iZombie Podcast, and the pilot episode of uh, iZombie just aired tonight, the night of recording, um, as we were recording it. So um, yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to watching that later and uh, podcasting about it later in the week. So, um, uh, yeah, probably by the time you hear this, our... Um, our pilot episode will be out. We'll discussing the pilot. We've been we've been podcasting for a few months now, just covering the comic. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're into checking out uh, something new from the creator of uh, Veronica Mars, uh, Rob Thomas, uh, it's called iZombie, and we're doing a podcast on it on uh, DVMPE.com. Um, we also recorded the first episode of the Defenders podcast this past weekend. Um, our meet the host episode and I'm with uh, Claire and Mel and some other dude and uh, <laughs> and uh, that's a lot of fun too we're, we're covering the uh, Marvel Netflix series and uh, I'm sure Matt will just be plugging that week after week so I, I don't need to say much but uh, Daredevil Daredevil <laughs> yep I cannot wait I'm so excited for that series yeah. oh yeah uh, I zombie comic book is really good. It's set here in Oregon. I don't know about the TV show. No. <laughs> this is, is a loose Oregon. adaptation of the comic book. <laughs> yeah. And I hear that if you like Veronica Mars, you'll probably like the series. And who doesn't like Veronica uh, Mars? Yeah, exactly. Everybody does. Well, then, that is all we have here for this week, folks. Join us next week for Nothi Siontan, where... John will masturbate in a bed and breakfast. I believe. <laughs> Naughty situation. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, there's no fate but what we make. Woo-hoo. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye.